G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. You have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Brenster Show. Ah, yes, a very good morning to you on this fabulous Sunday. It's grand final day in Adelaide. The Sample grand final is on the agenda with Bungie and Brettster. Let's get right into it, folks. And here's Andrew McLeod. Hey, <laughs> I, was wait, I was waiting for an intro case, but uh, it's great to be here. It is a massive day in Adelaide in, in for, for sport, Brett's there, and it's uh, got the city to bay. Had to fight the uh, the traffic this morning to get into the city, and uh, actually I rode my bike, so it uh, was pretty... <laughs> Duck and weave pretty, through the crowd. I was worried about coming in here this morning thinking, you know what? I'm not going to get a park. I'm going to ride my bike. Hopefully it's not raining. It's a beautiful morning to ride your bike along the Torrens, and... Uh, Made it in here unscathed, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's cracking. And hopefully, we can find out the results of the city debate because there's a lot of people there, and I guess those people will be filing back before we uh, before the grand final. Before Case goes to work this afternoon and calls the SANFL grand final. Ah, uh, looking forward to that. Also looking forward to hearing on SENSA 1629. If you can't get it on Channel Seven, and Brett Mara is in the house, and he is up and about as well, Bungie, already firing <laughs> before we even hit play on the microphone. <laughs> Thanks, Case. The big show. And it is. It is a good day indeed. It's not bad weather conditions actually for a run. Like it's cool. Not too much wind about. It was probably a little bit damp underfoot initially, but it was uh, it was certainly uh, looking pretty good out there. So these are good conditions for you to go for a run in. Is that what you're saying? Oh, look, if I was to go for a run, I would uh, I would pick similar conditions for this. <laughs> maybe a little bit sunnier, just uh, and maybe a bit of a tailwind would be ideal. But and downhill, <laughs> and downhill, and the city of Bay is downhill, which is a oh, uh, so what slight, are you saying? Very, having... very slight. What are you saying? But uh, it's uh, it's. Not too You're bad not taking that away from the I runners, have done it before. You? But, yeah, it is a, a big day here in SA. We've obviously got the SANFL grand final as well, which we'll talk about later. And, yeah, really look, looking at getting into unpacking that. Also going to be speaking about the AFL finals. Fabulous yeah. action to, mm. to uh, sort of cast our eye over there. AFLW, we're going to talk about Port Adelaide's first win and great to have a guest on for that. The NBL Blitz is on in Darwin, so basketball will be on the agenda. The EPL scores, interesting scores overnight. Rugby League finals, we're right into that as well. And the Chopperoos. If you don't know what the Chopperoos <laughs> are, stick around. We've got something to tell you. And, of course, we're doing it all thanks to our great supporters, which now include Nippies. Farm-grown, family-made, great South Australian company, and we are all about South Australia, promoting South Australia, the sport, the goods, how good is it to be here, and where do you want to start with all this? I'll let you fire away there, Bungie. Find something that's on your agenda there to get us to open the slather and take it away, Bungie. Oh, can can we talk about the boxing from the other day, the Paul Gallen... Uh, ben Hannett and uh, Justin Hodges fight. So Paul Gallon went back-to-back in bouts, four two-minute rounds. Um, again, so it was, it was deemed as the, I guess, the state of origin battles. It was New South Wales versus Queensland, and there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of rubbish being thrown across both sides, and Justin Hodges was into Gallon, and Gallon was into Hodges, and accusing each other. Of, well, they were accusing Gallon of being the worst captain ever in, in uh, New South Wales origin his- oh, wow. history. And um, all, all, it was all theatrics, of, of course. But um, 
Yeah, it was it was great. He he went through Hannon. That was a it's sort of like he he um he went through him in terms of like he sussed him out because the big fight everyone wanted to see was Justin Hodges. So he got through on a points decision on that one, and then Justin Hodges came out swinging, and uh, actually dropped Gal in the second round. Um, on his knees, he got up, fought back, and the they fought, the the referee stopped the fight in the third as a TKO on Hodges. He wasn't happy because he was hanging in there for a big payday. If he if he was to <laughs> knock Gallon out, he was going to get a million dollar payday um, in terms of you know next fights. But um, it didn't happen. He got ripped off. wasn't happy. But I have been reading a lot of the commentary, and I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this because one of the things is. When you, when you read and you listen to the purists, boxing purists and people that have been in the sport, these guys are coming in. They do in like – and Gallon's been doing it since he retired. And actually, while he was still playing, he was fighting. And he's 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 built a, a, a very good boxing profile in what he's done. And he's, he's fought some, some big fights. But uh, are these guys – crossing the line a little bit when they, they come over from sports and taken away from the, the um, you know, the guys that have been in the sport for a long time, the boxing guys that have been there for so long. I know they're, they're athletes and they want to test themselves and, and whatnot, but some of these boxers are in the, been in the game for 10, 12 years, trying to get a, get themselves a, um, you know, an opportunity. And these guys come in and, and get these, these big fights after five or six yeah. weeks preparation, Brett's though. Yeah, I feel a bit sorry for the purists of the, the game, the ones that have gone about it the right way and have, have trained all those years and are, and are boxing properly. Like, we're watching brawlers here more than anything. Not that I wouldn't step in the ring with any of them. But, no chance. But, yeah, they're, they're just, it's not really good to watch. It's just that they've got big names. They've got big publicity machines behind them. That's what's generating the interest. And the rubbish the they interest. talk is what generates the interest. Exactly. And, like, it's going across all the sports. And, unfortunately, boxing has had ups and downs with its reputation over the years. But this kind of takes away from it, I think, even a little bit more. Particularly, we've got some amazing boxers. You look at the Zoo Brothers and, and, and what they're doing. And we've had some, some great um, fighters come through. And they, they, they're getting some great publicity, but probably not the support that we need because of, of things like this that happen. Like the, the AFL one, I don't know if you saw the AFL one, and that got cancelled in the end, but they had like uh, Favola and, and, and Dane Swan and uh, Cooney were putting their hands up, and these guys aren't in great shape, let's be honest. But is that what people want to see? I mean, that's the bottom line. Like, yeah, do they want to see purity or do they want to see these big name celebrities just having a crack at each other. And if that's what people want to see, that's what people want to see. And, and they're, they're going to get it. I mean, this like as a, not that I'm a purist, but like the referees call and break and one of them tags horror and he goes, and he said, it's the hardest hit he's ever taken yeah. gets up, affects the fight. The, the referee lost control in this, to, <laughs> in was... all honesty. Like he was, one of them was bent over the road. And he's going to he's saying to Hodges, Mate, stop milking it. Get up. He's trying to catch his breath. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I see the downside of it, but I can see the upside of it as well. I mean, it's it's good as creating awareness and getting boxing oh, out there. But It's, it's entertaining just, anyway. Yeah. And that's I think the that's thing. The you hit the nail on the head, I think, Bradster, is it's what people want to pay for. They're mm. prepared to pay for it so they get the big bucks. The only thing that I would say, and having called a lot of boxing during my time at Fox Sports, is that when they put promote these big fights and they draw a big crowd – 
put decent undercard fighters on in terms of those yeah, Australian exactly. champions, but they won't because you have to pay them more than you have to pay a lesser-known fighter. So the undercard is very poor in terms of the standard. They really should share the love and the money, in inverted commas, mm. with those boxers who are coming through the ranks and are Australia's best and showcase them as well. Let's all do it for the betterment of Australian boxing. Now, I don't know in this day and age if boxing is really relevant in terms of is it politically correct anymore? I mean, bullfighting we don't see anymore. Do we need – Is and I, I know the Australian Medical Association have been trying to get rid of boxing for a long time, ban boxing. Well, I have to say, as a former boxing fan or a boxing fan and a former boxing commentator, I'm almost coming around to the scenario where, well, is boxing – Relevant in this day and age. Well, I think it hasn't got away. And you're getting more um, of the girls involved as well now. There's a lot more female fighters coming in and, and representing themselves pretty well. Well, the fighting um, industry has grown, in it? Like MMA well, UFC, is, yeah. I think, has well and truly overtaken the boxing, hasn't it? And that's, I mean, I'm a fan of UFC. I do like it. I do like the different techniques. There's a lot more styles that match up on each other. And I, I appreciate that side of it, and I find that a lot more entertaining than the boxing. I'll tell you what about entertainment. Can we just touch on Roger Federer, who's uh, retired this year? The people's champ. <laughs> I like call. it. I like it. The people's champ. He's the people's champ. He's the goat in my mind, and we can argue again if you want about tennis players and goats, And but I think you know, in terms of tennis, he made tennis exciting. He made tennis fun. And, uh, you know, he, his, his rivalry with Nadal over the years and, and I guess towards their friendship that they created towards the end, they loved to play against each other. They supported each other. They were fierce when they crossed that line. And it's probably the great, the, the two of the greatest um, tennis players ever to go down. Obviously, you, you throw in Djokovic as well. But for me, humble, humble respectful of the game, the people's champ. We salute you, Roger Federer. <laughs> Is Bresser. there a more liked sports person in the world of any sport. I don't think there would be. Like no. He would have to be number one. And it gives hope to a lot of players because when he started, apparently, he had a reputation of, of a rat bag throwing his, breaking his rackets and really turned it around. And now no one remembers that, really. Everyone yeah, but that was when the, he was like 17 or 18. Yeah, I Dad know, hauled him it, off court it, one day. Yeah. It gives hope, though, to someone like a Kyrgios that we talk about um, that they can turn it around and become the people's champ. Why not? Yeah, I'm all for it. Go for it. <laughs> but, yeah, sad to see him go because we he, just that back end, the slice. I've been watching some footage of him training and being able to slice it and have a ball bounce 90 degrees or back over the net, um, just pure well, strokes. Well, in a day and age when, when most um, uh, tennis players had a double-handed backhand, mm. he was the, the one, wasn't he? Mm. he was just the single hand, yeah. like the whip that he used to get off that – and I just say, I don't think you, I would probably describe him as a, you know, in terms of tennis, just poetry and motion. Yeah. The way that he, the way they, that he just graced the court. I don't think we've seen a more graceful tennis player as well. Jeez, I'm, I'm saying I'm pumping him up here. You are, <laughs> you are. I was lucky enough to be at Wimbledon a couple of times working there. And I read in the Times one day that Roger Federer moved like a whisper. Mm. And it stayed with me because you're right. He's so stylish in the way that he moves. And not only what he did on the court, but as you say, off the court as well. We saw an interview in the paper yesterday here in the Adelaide Advertiser with Pete, the late Peter Carter's dad. 
and Peter Carter, for those who aren't aware, was Federer's junior coach and really yep. set the foundation for what his style and the way he played the game. And Roger Federer was always saying that, that he started it for me. And Peter Carter's dad said that every Australian Open, Roger rings him and the wife, flies them over, stay for the tournament. You're part of the team. Wow. And oh, has done that every year without fail and always in touch. They keep in touch. And that just goes to show you, you know, it, Roger Federer doesn't get any credit for that or doesn't go out of his way to sort of want any recognition for that. But that's the type of person he is. He's going to be a loss for tennis. But, uh, gee, we were lucky to watch him play, weren't we, in that great era that uh, we've had? Yeah, as you said, Bungie, some great classic battles between him and the Joker and uh, Nadal. And I think when the dust settles, he probably isn't going to end up with the most big titles. Uh, I think Djokovic or even yep. Nadal's probably got a couple more years Does in Does that him. matter? Well, when people talk about the greatest... Like, it comes into the equation for greatest ever. That's why I'm glad you went with people's champ. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably better than being the GOAT, isn't it? And to some people, be the people's champ. Yeah. Or do you want the numbers and the facts and figures? I don't know. I don't know. Well, when you look at uh, at a lot of sports and you go... We were just talking about boxing, but I, I don't know who holds the most titles. But who, when they talk about the GOAT in boxing, who's the GOAT? Ali. Well, did he have the most titles? No. Well, there you go. But it was what he did off... Out of the ring as well. Yeah, and that comes a lot into it. Like Mayweather and that longevity comes into it um, in that discussion. Pound for pound, now, all I would of have that. thought. Yeah. But uh, yeah. anyway, uh, what about the uh, Carbine Club? Yes. Uh, through the week, had their Sonafil uh, dinner and inducted um, two very lovely ladies, uh, Rachel Spawn and Juliet Haslam, of course, uh, both uh, medalists. Um, Juliet, double gold medalist in uh, field hockey, and uh, Rachel, one of the best South Australian basketballers of all time. So great to see the Garbon Club including uh, more women into uh, as special members of for, the for uh, us Carbon for Club. us people that don't know anything about the Carbon Club. What tell us mm. about the Carbon Club? What is it? Uh, well, it's a club uh, that over the years typically has been a lot of gentlemen, but more and more women are uh, coming along. What do now. they do? What do and they do? It's uh, it's Get together, raise money. Yeah, raise money. Uh, have generally a sporting theme to their events, and uh, yeah, it's good networking events. As what do far they do with the, they, What do they do with the money that they raise? Scholarships. They had a young Indigenous player from the Air Peninsula who's this year's recipient in terms of the sample and uh, raise money and, and get him to Adelaide and help him sort of kickstart his career. Brett Maher is a special member of the group, but it's an elite. Oh, it's just, and he wasn't there at the, the sample luncheon. He was a bit busy. Invited to there, but uh, uh, no, it was fantastic. And as you say, Rachel Spawn and Juliet Haslam, we really should be focusing on them because they are, they're now special members and deservedly so what they've done for sport in the past and what they're doing it now for Port Adelaide and the women's team in the mm. AFL who uh, had a great win on the weekend. So we're going to get to that shortly, but we've got to take a break right now. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday morning here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. Sun trying to peep through at the moment. Almost 14 degrees on sample grand final day. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show.
And your voice is important to us as well as we welcome you back here to uh, the Bungie and Bretster Show on SENSA 1629. You can get us on a talkback number 1300 736 736 or shoot us a text on 0427 154 166 is where you'll find us. We're about to chat all things the round ball code and I'm talking soccer or football or whichever way you like to look at it. And there's plenty going on, Bungie. You're all over it. There is plenty going on. And uh, just touch on what's happening at home first. And I thought we'd just go have a quick look at uh, Adelaide United. Obviously, they are still in their pre-season. They're just playing, um, you know, come off the Australian Cup. And still they're still finding their, their feet on terms of it's only, it's only still pretty early days in, in the, their campaign. But they had a, had a friendly against Western United um, and went down 3-2 there. Um, just interesting to read some of the comments from Carl Veer talking about just that they're still trying to work on, obviously, that connection. Their defence let them down at times, and they're just trying to make sure they shore that up. But it's great to be able to play it. I was just going to ask you, Marzi, about playing some of these games is because often when you're playing um, in in these friendlies, as they say, or pre-season, we're going to talk blitz a bit later, that, you know, teams don't actually go out there and show their, their cards and they don't want to, you know, give too much away. But... It's a great opportunity to be able to work on your, and hone your craft and what you're trying to develop um, for the season moving forward. Well, it's typically more a, a relaxed environment. There's not the pressure of a, where points are on the line. But, yeah, some teams will use it to work on their rotations, give guys a bit of a run that don't normally get a bit of a run, maybe uh, try out some offences or defences that uh, they just want to throw out there and see if they'll work or are worth pursuing. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good things that can come out of these games. And, uh, yeah, I think for play- certain players, getting the motivation in these games to have a good crack um, can be hard. And you see that across all sports in the preseason. Like, I always go back to basketball, but Adelaide won the preseason last year and it really had no effect on, on where they come throughout the course of the year. To try and use it as a bit of a guide, well, I think it's a bit hard to do that, but... It is certainly a good opportunity to, to give the guys a run under game conditions, and it's better than playing against yourself in internal scrimmages. You get to play against other guys, I think, or girls, and that's always good. Well, they are building, and who's look at you know who else is building is Adelaide United, the Lady Reds, the women's team. They are they've signed a couple of absolute rippers. One of them is Gemma McCormack, the former Adelaide Football Club Premiership player who stepped away from footy to concentrate. Uh, sorry, stepped away from AFL to concentrate on her footy, uh, made this, the uh, the Australian side, and uh, she's she's doing that. But she's come home after playing a few years away, and she's uh, signed with the the Lady Reds, and they've also just announced their fixture as well. So they start their campaign at home um, on November twenty against Sydney. So looking forward to that, which is you know fantastic, and obviously you know we've we've got some uh, some good history in in the in the. Um, women's uh, A-League as well, Case. They play a very attractive style of game. So get out and support them when they get underway, as you should for the Adelaide Lightning, who are partners of the Bungie and Bretster Show. Your South Australian women's basketball heroes will be all over them coming up to their season as well. What about some EPL scores? There's been some interesting results overnight, Brett Maher. There has. Man City are continuing uh, their run 3-0 over Wolverhampton. 
Tottenham 6-2 over Leicester today. Uh, and I guess Six. yesterday. 6-2. What? That would have been a good game to watch. Go Spurs. Wow. Lots of goals. Uh, Fulham beat Nottingham 3-2. And Aston Villa beat Southampton 1-0. So, yeah, some... Good results, some interesting ones. A lot of games are being postponed at the moment as well. Uh, obviously, to do with the the policing of the away and yeah. policing and getting to games, etc. Um, so uh, I know we were talking about it before, case, but there could be a bit of a problem. All these postponed games, trying to fit them into the schedule. You were saying that it's already a reduced season because of the World Cup coming up. So yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out as well. To see whether they can make up some of these games, whether they're going to have to cut the season down even further and that's obviously going to help some of these teams that have got off to a flying start like Tottenham, Man City, Arsenal. Without a doubt and it's also going to have an impact on the World Cup as we know. Speaking of which, uh, looks we've got problems at the World Cup. Squad announced for the soccer is during the week. It just doesn't read like it's a formidable lineup, Bungie. I don't know if we're going to be able to get to the World Cup and have an impact and certainly, uh, you know, Craig Goodwin being injured, he's our local hope to get there. Let's hope he can get back to 100%. He's in the squad when they get to head over to the World Cup. But uh, we are going to be listening to the World Cup here on SENSA, the part of the great stable, but I'm just concerned about Australia's chances. Well, you know what I'm excited about? There's a there's a lad that has been named in the Socceroos squad. His name is Garing Cool. He's 17 years old, Marzi. He's going to come and add... That's impressive, isn't it? <laughs> that's a pretty amazing uh, feat for him. I haven't heard much about him. Do you know what position he plays? He's or a Central he... Coast Mariners player. Oh, I yeah. haven't seen... Attacking midfielder, attacking scores midfielder, goals. Yeah. 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 yeah, he's impressive. He's highly wow. rated in, internationally as well, so looking forward to see what he can bring to the, to the uh, Socceroos. Also, they just announced that they're bringing out a new kit that's going to pay homage to with Nike paid homage to their past and, um, and, and what they've been able to do. But, there's one thing in that kit that I'm not so certain about. They're wearing white socks. I didn't like that. I saw that <laughs> bungee. That's not on. It looks terrible. <laughs> I, could, I was like, well, where does the white come into, into our Australian kit? Yeah, unless we're playing away and we're wearing a white strip that's a clash if we're playing Brazil or, or someone like that. But Bad sign. I, I don't know why we're wearing white <laughs> socks. No one looks good in white socks, no. except for Brett Maher when he had the safari suit and the shorts going. <laughs> it's like white, it's, That's like white shorts in footy. It's, it just doesn't look good. I, I, I'm concerned. I, I used to like wearing white socks, white shoes, because I felt like it on television, I felt like it made me look like I was running quicker <laughs> than if I wore dark socks <laughs> and dark shoes. Really? Who it told just, you that? It just you visually, visually looked like I was moving fast and I needed all the help I could get. And so I went with it. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. I, I don't know about that. But, hey, just quietly, I'll just go back to the EPL and uh, – Everyone was talking about this $87 million buy from Man City of Haaland, who's now the player of the month, scored 13 goals in nine appearances. He that, That's impressive. They're definitely getting their money's worth. If he continues it on this streak that he's, that he's on, it's unbelievable. The it's crazy money, the, um, the, uh, the transfers and all that that they're paying at the moment. Well, it's interesting because when you say $87 million, there's been some talk this week about uh, Bournemouth, who uh, are sort of in that relegation zone at the moment, uh, being sh- sort of touted as as being uh, sold off to a Vegas billionaire, um, who uh, Bill, Fo- Bill Foley, who owns the uh, Vegas Golden Knights in the NHL. But that's only for... I was thinking, looking at the, the money they're talking about, $225 million. That's it to sell off the team. 
this bloke's on 80, 87 meters for, for Harlan. Wow. So it's wow. like, um, and, and they're obviously, uh, they're sitting about six or seven bottom in the, in the Premier League. So interesting to see that. I can't wait to see how that unfolds and, and if that actually goes through. Looking forward to the EPL Super League, the women's competition as well, because we're going to have Sam Kerr. Could she be the leading goal scorer again? Mary Fowler's at Man City. Arsenal playing Spurs on September 24. They've already sold 40,000 tickets for that wow. game. So it is taking off and we are taking off for a short break here. On the Bungie and Bretster Show, we do it all thanks to Lauringnet Cleaning, securing workplace safety, Google them today. Basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. And welcome back to the Bungie and Bretster Show, just after 10am here on a Sunday at Sample Grand Final Day in Adelaide. Really looking forward to that a little later here on SENSA and across Channel 7 as well. And a new member of the Bungie and Bretster family, Nippies. Quench your thirst this summer with a Nippies ice-flavoured milk or fresh juice. They've supplied us with some great product this morning. The Nippies iced chocolate and the iced coffee. No added sugar. And Brett Mark can't get enough of it at the moment. (laughs) Did 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 you actually breathe when you just, like, Inhaled that ice coffee. I I like the fact that there is no added sugar in some other brands. They just. Did you taste it? The sugar in. Did you taste it? It didn't touch the sides, did it? (laughs) uh, I'm just starting to taste it now. And uh, well, I know Nippy's mainly growing up uh, in SA having the uh, orange juice. And I love the orange juice, but. Now to flip over and have the milks, it's quite interesting to see the taste of those. So it's great to have them on board with the Bungie and Bresta show. And I think we should probably talk to, about the main event of this show, and that's the basketball, of course. We're going to... Hey, sir, <laughs> hey, some of those blokes certainly need some nippies iced coffee oh, to get well. themselves going. Oh, I tell you what. Um, well, the, the Blitz has got underway up in Darwin, and uh, the Adelaide 36 has started... Uh, all games with a game against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, uh, a slightly undermanned Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. What do you um, mean slightly undermanned? Well, they're without a couple of their three, decent three players. of their very best players. Come yeah, on, let's be but honest. We want... Well, they're not going to turn up with their full team. Bugger them. Exactly. Well, you can't be, you can't play That's what's right. on the court, can't you? Case? Exactly. So Thank you. We we won eighty four seventy six for people that hadn't seen the scores. Uh, as we talked about. Uh, We've got a, a lot of new players coming in, uh, and CJ's definitely giving everyone a really good run at the moment. Some guys that probably won't see a lot of time throughout the course of the year are getting to play a lot. And some of those that I did like, I really like the look of Nick Marshall. He's a, a young kid, young South Australian. He's been playing down in Mount Gambier in the off-season. He looks really good. He, he's he built looks up, Marcy. Yeah. Do you think? I thought he looked a lot stronger. Yeah, stronger. He's athletic, runs the floor well. He's... I hope he gets a, a fair bit of court time this year. He had 11 points. He was good. Antonius Cleveland is looking stellar. He's going to be fantastic. Uh, Randall, uh, he's played in a couple of preseason games against Perth earlier. Uh, he had he went 7 for 17, 16 points to lead all scorers he in the game. He went to the Brett Maher School of Passing, and mm. that is... Don't pass? Uh, yeah. He, uh, <laughs> and he's the point guard. That's my little concern at the moment, Marshall. <laughs> I actually led the league two years uh, in assists. Um, yeah, I don't know how, but a- anyway. Is uh, that because that, when you shot the ball, it fell short? <laughs> uh, uh, let's get back to this game. Uh, Franks, uh, Franks uh, did play. So he played 11 minutes. CJ just easing him back into the line. Of course, he was coming off of a foot injury in the preseason. So he's 
He's in, and there's a lot of talent there to try and fit in. But they won uh, 84-76. That was good. A few more games were on yesterday, and uh, the 36ers will play again on Monday. Play so, the Jack Jumpers, is Yeah, it? the Jack Jumpers. So I look forward to that because that's one of their first games uh, in the regular season. They were good too. Tassie 73, Sydney 53 in the grand final rematch. Mm. So they won by 20 there. I was a little bit concerned about what I saw from the Sydney Kings. Didn't look good at all, the reigning champs. Perth defeated Cairns 98-80 by 18. Bryce Cotton had 36 Cheapest. on 57% field goal shooting. That was He's incredible from him. He's, today it's Slowing down. He's, oh, I think he, I think he was hurt by not making the finals and missing the chance to get Perth maintain that streak, and he's come back better and than ever today. It's Brisbane against New Zealand at five o'clock Adelaide time. Illawarra against Melbourne from seven thirty. All the games live and free on. KO freebies, so get around it and have a look at that as well. And before we leave basketball, the Opals start their World Cup campaign uh, next week, and it's going to be a tough one for them. But can they win the World Cup? Give us a call on one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or shoot us a text zero four two seven one five four one six six on your thoughts on the Opals and the Adelaide Lightning play their first game. Of course, great sponsors of the show, your South Australian women's basketball heroes. Their first game is on the fifth of November at South. And they play three games on the road before their first home game, which is going to be on Saturday, the 19th of November against Sydney. So they'll be looking to rebound this year, Marzi. They will be. Uh, I really hope. They've got some good uh, signings in the off-season and are looking pretty strong. And the Opals, if we just uh, go back there, I think they'll be up around the mark for medals. Uh, Gold medal, they're going to have to have everything go right um, and all their big guns step up to the floor. I think they lost to China through the week uh, in a practice Beat game. France yesterday as well. Beat France yesterday. And Puerto so, Rico. Uh, I, I think they've got a lot of talent there, but uh, Americans obviously are going to be good. Uh, some of the Asian teams are excellent at the moment. So it'll be hard work, but we, we certainly hope they're always around the mark and always put in a good performance. So if you can get over there or yeah. if you're in – Melbourne, Sydney. then uh, Sydney, get out there and watch it because uh, it's going to be some really good basketball. World class it's going to be. Wayne from Goodwood has sent through a test. Text. He's listening to the show while doing the city debate. Good on oh. you, Wayne. Keep pounding, brother. Keep oh, it going. How, how are you going there, Wayne? Yeah. You tell us, tell us what what it's like out there. It'd be what, nice to well, understand what's going on out in the road there, and how's how's your time tracking? Yeah, and <laughs> how is that going? Because he says, Bungie, if you didn't play AFL. What sport would you have chosen? Oh, I grew up as a as a leaguey, so I spent a lot of my juniors uh, playing rugby league, and that was something that I, I actually wanted to do. I thought I was going to be the next Wally Lewis. Wow! Um, growing up, but uh, obviously well, you played a bit in the sevens as well. Like after you retired, you went up and played in uh, a bit of it, invitation. I don't know if you call it playing, but um, didn't you dunk on Brett Maher? You could play basketball as well. Yeah, probably not that case. But oh, I, oh. I, I don't know if I, I, know if I dunked on him, but. Uh, <laughs> We, dunked uh, a donut. That's about the only he's dunking case. <laughs> nah, but it's, one, it's funny when you grow up in the in the territory is that uh, you're exposed to lots of things. In obviously dry season, wet season, maybe you have two seasons up there, and you play you sort of play footy in the in the wet season and rugby in the dry season. So exposed to that, and um, yeah, I had one of my cousins actually played for Manly growing up as a kid. He was, uh, Frankie Stokes. He played for Manly Warringah back in the day when Desi Hasler and Cliffy Lyons were running around and Marty Bella and um, Ian Roberts and the, and, and the wow. like, but, um, so I used to go down there and, and spend a bit of time and, and toured around, um, playing a bit of rugby, but yeah, I think I just saw the light at the end of the tunnel. I think nah, footy's, uh, I can a, imagine you having a pretty good little, uh, 
sidestep, little shake and bake and, and step around. Although those knees, I don't know how they would have handled the longevity of that. Nah, well, I sort of played. I played as a, as a 5'8 and uh, really enjoyed that and, and obviously kicked. Marzi, but um, yeah, no, it's good. But then I realised that um, there were some really big boys out there and I didn't want to get crunched. So uh, I thought, I'll just stick to footy and uh, that's a little bit easier. I don't know how much easier it was. You did a very good job of it as well. This is the Bungie and Brett's show with Andrew McLeod and Brett Maher. It's 10 minutes past 10 here on your Sunday morning. Temperature up to 14 degrees. We'll take a short break. We'll be back to talk all sorts of rugby union controversy. And off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Brettster Show. And thanks very much for sharing your Sunday with us here. It's just after 10.15 on a Sunday morning. Sample Grand Final Day. We're going to get to that a little later, along with all the AFL action and AFLW action as well. We're doing it thanks to Mayhem Collectibles. Get ready for Mayhem with Mayhem Collectibles, the Parade Nord, one of Australia's fastest-growing trading cards and collectible specialists. Mayhemcollectibles.com.au. Get around them. Now, Marzi, you rolled in here this morning. Steam coming out of your ears. <laughs> Because the Wallabies were crucified by the referee, you said. Uh, look, i, I got to watch what I say here. I can't get myself in trouble. But I was a little bit disappointed. I, uh, what a great game, firstly. Um, the last couple of minutes, I mean... She didn't say that before. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm trying to be diplomatic in some sort of way here. But I wasn't happy with the way the umpire uh, called the game at the end. I thought there was a couple of questionable calls. Mm-hmm. And, uh, look, I'm not going to say that his back bank balance went up after the game, but certainly some questionable calls that weren't typical of the way the game is refereed normally. I listened to the commentators. The last call for the delay of game they had said they have not seen that called in their entire career of calling the game or playing the game. And when that decides such a big game and a big moment, I don't like that when an umpire decides the course of the game. Of can, course, I, can I correct you for one second there? <laughs> well, New Zealand's still going to get a try. They're called a referee in rugby. Well, yeah. Same <laughs> thing. Just in case you want to Same thing. We ate, them. we ate them whatever they're called. <laughs> now, I, I've got a different opinion to you, Brett, though, because – there was a well there was a couple of couple of moments there in the last 90 seconds the last whatever that was 3 minutes of the game that the the wallabies had a chance to ice the game there was a there was a kick that went forward that was marked inside the 22 that they could have turned around and kicked that ball out and gone to a line out and with about 90 seconds of game and that, that line-out would have been towards halfway, right? And they could have turned the ball over. They were dominating the contest at the time, and they could have actually gone up there and backed their line-out line in and backed their defence further out up the, up the ground. So, you, you know, they've, the All Blacks got to travel like 50 metres to, to score. And what we've seen in the last – the defence of Australia was really, really solid when they had 15 on the park because they had two yellow cards during the game as well, which was quite controversial in the first half where they let a couple of tries in and in a, in a clean out where they got uh, yellow carded, but they had that opportunity to kick the ball out. They decided to run it. They turned the ball over. They, they had two um, ruck rucks where they, where they went and they ran the ball. The second ruck they ran through, they went to ground and they, they turned the ball over. They gave a penalty away to New Zealand. Okay. So there was their chance. 
New Zealand put the ball in the corner. They went for the line out to win the game, to try and score a try. They did that. They ran the ball and Australia, sensational defense on the line, five meters out. They got a penalty yep. for a hell ball. Yep. And the referee called time. And I know there's a, lots of moments in the game during the game that they that he did he didn't do it. And it happens forty or fifty times in a game where this these sort of moments happen. But I guess the pressure of the game at that point in time. Now he had three or four teammates, Bernard Foley, screaming at him to kick the ball out. The referee told him, "I'm turning. I've turned time back on. You got to kick the ball out." Well, he could have turned it. He back turned off, around. He? It was a bit. It was a bit like that Melbourne game with Jake Lever last week. Same sort of thing. He just had a bit of a brain fade. He's turned around looking to talk to his teammates again. Still, after the referee has told him, he's got three or four teammates scream at him, kick the ball out. You can see, if you read their lips, there was some uh, some explicit words that were coming out of his teammates' mouths to kick the ball out of bounds. All they had to do was kick it out. 60 seconds ago, didn't do it. So, oh, It still comes back to he didn't have to decide. the. Well, he didn't decide the game, but it, it Played a very big part in it, in calling that. Just so say, look, time off. Now. No, just say time off. I'm, I'm not going to. And uh, our <laughs> said about this before that he could have just said time off. I'm not going to turn time on until you kick it, kick it. So I I feel that the umpire decided the course of the game, not referee. the players. Yeah, the referee, that bloke. Yeah. And uh, oh, look, I, I don't no, like that. There's no I doubt that like he could have done it a little bit differently, yeah. but you, you he can't just put right. all the blame on the referee. Yes, I can. think you've got to take. I think you can. You've got to take some. <laughs> you've, you got to, you've got to take some ownership of it, right? I think that I think the Wallabies need to take ownership of that, and that mistake, right, could cost them the Bledisloe Cup. Will cost them. That will. They've got to go back to New Zealand now well, and the, play. They play, and over. they can't. Uh, they can't win for some reason. They can't win. They go over there and win that game, no yeah. matter the result. They still retain it because they won away from home. Wallabies. Wallabies that. were the best team on the night. Mm. They played the, the. They made the, the most attractive. That's the best I've seen the Wallabies play. They look so so good coming off. Obviously, they've had that that series against Argentina. They played against the uh, Springboks, and now playing the Bledisloe Cup is the biggest game in 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 rugby for Australia. They had their opportunities and it's the first time that we could have actually, we've got to go across the ditch now and, and um, to, to go over there. And I think we can go over there and beat them. It'd be nice to be able to do that and get some confidence um, for the Wallabies, but they had their opportunity, Bretster. Take some ownership. Don't blame the ref. Well, I'm not going to say cheated, but if there's another <laughs> word, I, I probably would use it. Anyway. Hey, hey get, get, while we're talking uh, rugby, can I just t- touch on the um, the sevens? Now, the, the Australian girls' sevens, um, they have won the Triple Crown. They're the world champions, and they did that over in uh, in in Cape – sorry – is Cape Town? Yes, they beat the they they beat New Zealand uh, 24-22 to win the triple crown, and they are they are flying at the moment. They they they're the they've just come off winning the the gold medal at the com, com So games. the triple crown is that's the Commonwealth Games. Yep. The World Series and the World Series and the World Cup. Wow, that's amazing. So he's done that. That's yeah. Um, Great sport to watch. It was 13 years ago, I reckon. 2009 is when they last won the um, the World Cup, and they've just done it. They've they've done so. They've got one of the best players in the world. Charlotte Kaslick is she's been in the the last six or seven years one of the best, and her leadership in that series and throughout the 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 the, uh, Triple Crown has been fantastic. And Sharni Williams, who was the player of the final. 
they've got some absolute stars and they should get some some more recognition for the for what they've actually done and the other guys that um I wanted to touch on too is they just keep winning and the Fiji men they've won the world cup as well um and the pressure that those guys are under Jerry Tuwai is probably the best player of sevens of almost all all time he's one of my favorite rugby players and uh they beat uh New Zealand over there in a very high pressure game as well 29 to 12 and for them they're just their expectation from their na- from their little nation that they have at Fiji is they have to win the pressure they're under and they just continue to do it it's amazing i really like and i don't like in some sports like the abbreviated game the shortened versions or smaller versions of the game but in rugby i love it in the sevens i think it opens up the park you get to see a bit more of the skill in the sidestepping and running and uh, i enjoy it like as i said there's some sports i don't like with the abbreviated version but this is one that is really good it's made rugby exciting the Mm. sevens the the introduction of sevens it's fantastic they've been playing for a long time but since they've added the world cup and this this forum into the um, hsbc sevens it's it's the best thing that's happened to rugby wouldn't be in the com games or the olympics without being seven so it's been a big winner for i'll tell you what case they rate their com games medals too they do as we all do. Most oh. of us, at least. <laughs> well, anyway. Maybe not Brett. But, <laughs> but then more on that a little later. You're with the Bungie and Brett's the show. We do it all thanks to our great friends at Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit Wavell and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. A short break. More after this. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wavell and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Brett's show. Thanks very much for sharing your Sunday with us here. Brett Maher and, of course, Andrew McLeod, John Casey on the Bungie and Brett's show. And you can get involved. Text us on 0427-154-166 or the talkback line 1300-736-736. Hey, uh, Case, a couple of things happening in the uh, Let It Rip segment today. Brett's obviously want to just touch on Kane's run, which is uh, something that's been really um, – he's, he's been smashing it. He's at day eight today, averaging about 65 kilometres over the uh, over the seven days that he's done it. And uh, just watching some of his um, social media posts that he puts up on his Insta page and um, just absolutely phenomenal. Oh, we were talking about City to Bay earlier, and he's, he's smashing out – Four city to bays in a well, you know, five city to bays in a day. It's it's incredible, and just watching him run, he doesn't even look tired. He just keeps on powering through. He's doing it on the bit. He's uh, he's whacking on the sunny. He's taking his shirt off. He's four and a half minute like, You couldn't do that on your bike. We know where he's at at the moment. Like which part of. Uh, which part of the world he's at? He's on the telly at the moment. Well, he's, 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 he's crossed into Victoria. He's in Victoria. He's mm. over two hundred k. Just leaving Horsham this morning, he's raised over two hundred thousand. That wow. was the That's goal. Two hundred and six thousand. He's up to and people. Kane's run. Just Google that, and you'll see the page where you can donate. Because we cannot speak highly enough of our good colleague here at SENSA sixteen twenty nine for what he is doing. Just phenomenal. Keep going, Wig. You're doing a great job, mate. Love watching you run. He's he's he's, <laughs> but he's, he's smashing it out of the park. Hey, I just wanted to touch on um, another one. Is uh, I don't know if you see, but obviously Brisbane went down. We'll talk a bit about uh, the Brisbane Lions game uh, versus Geelong a bit further down the track. But um, Mitch Robinson, he's uh, come out and had a bit of a crack at his, um, at his at his coach because he's 
being left disappointed and devastated that he couldn't say his farewell to the Lions supporters after his knowing it was going to be his last game versus um, Richmond at the Gabba in that final. Um, and he had a little bit of a swipe at, at uh, Chris Fagan saying that, um, you know, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't let him, um, he wouldn't let him give him the opportunity to say, say thank you to the fans because, you know, he's going to retire and, um, he just knew that he was going to probably get dropped that game. And, um, yeah, he just, he, so he's had a bit of a crack and probably not the right time. Um, and obviously disappointed, but you can always go back net net. Love to see him back there next year. To, and you know he's got a he's got a massive following, and he does a lot of um, stuff on his social media. He plays um, computer games. He's on the he's on there, and he does a lot. He's got a great following on YouTube and and all over the place. But probably, um, yeah, I was going to get your thoughts on that. And and do you think the timing's right of that one? I think people get caught up in the moment. You don't really think about it. You just uh, are frustrated and probably think internally. And and I think with the timing, when you get Logged like they did. Uh, anything you come out and say in a negative vein just looks like sour grapes, doesn't it? Yeah. So yeah, it's unfortunate for him. And in hindsight, when they all when the dust settles, they probably would look back and go, "Look, it would have been nice to have given him that send off." But I'm sure they'll have some functions over the next couple of weeks that'll round out their season, and that's a good opportunity for him to get out and see their fans well, a you, bit. Anyway, you wouldn't want it to come. Like obviously, they've got their best and fairest coming up as well, so you just wouldn't want it to impact that. And and uh, he's a bit of a sour taste, but he's obviously a fan favourite. He, he he's one thing I love about Robbo. He gave his all. Yeah, he, he left everything out on the on the on the field. Yeah, and um, you know, like he if anyone. If you got uh, if you got medals for trying, he'd be right up there. Like in terms of his the way that he actually went about it, he put everything on the line. He'd throw his body, you know, over a boot or do anything for his teammates. And um, yeah, he's had a fantastic career. And you know, he's going to go on and, and and do some some big and better things away from footy. But yeah, I just thought he missed the mark on that one. Um, just quickly, this time of year is when we have a lot of grand finals. And my daughter plays volleyball. She uh, played in uh, the grand final on Friday night for USC. And and a little shout out to her. They won their, Got the w? Uh, they won their gold medal. Uh, and uh, it's probably more valuable to our family than a Commonwealth Games gold medal, I would have thought. Well, so, uh, well, if she wins one, though. If she wins them. Yeah, <laughs> well done. Oh, to, a cheap shot. Well done, oh. to little Indy. And, hey, well done, Indy. Um, yeah, and a lot of a lot of finals on this weekend. Uh, so uh, good, good luck, luck to good everyone. Good luck to everyone that's participating in the finals. Yes, this is the Bungie and Brett's The Show. We'll be back after this news update. On and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motor. Welcome to the Bungie and Brester Show. Ah, great to have you with us here on Sample Grand Final Day. We're going to get to that a little later. Of course, Brownlow Night as well, which you can listen to here on 1629 SENSA. And, of course, uh, Grand Final in the AFL. We'll talk about the teams who have progressed through there as well. But right now it's time to turn our attention to AFLW because, Bungie, we've had a great result for Port Adelaide in winning their first game. Oh, it's an exciting day down at Albert and their case and to get their first win and it was great. It was, I watched the game and it was nice to see uh, some of the, the, the girls that uh, used to coach and Aaron Phillips had a cracking game. Ange Foley obviously leading from the front and 
Um, you know, to, it, I guess amongst their faithful down there, the heart of Alberton to be able to win, get their first one. It was history in the making. There was indeed 50th game for Aaron Phillips and Maria Maloney from Port Adelaide's been kind enough to give us some time here on a Sunday morning. Congratulations, Maria. Tell us about the big win yesterday. Cheers. Thanks very much, guys. Um, yeah, it was obviously, we were obviously very static. Um, we, as you said, we were so lucky to do it down at Alberton. Um, I don't know if you saw the weather yesterday, but it was pretty horrid at some point. It so was. <laughs> we were very lucky that all the uh, all the fans who, who were there, they got out there and supported us through it. So we've been peppering a little bit, we felt. So it was good to finally get one on the board. You mentioned the wet weather, uh, Maria, and it was good to see that you actually, from the start, you had that surge mentality and you got the... Um, you got on top of Sydney, that, that handball to kick ratio, looks like you worked that out really quickly. Is about just getting the ball forward, get some momentum in the wet conditions. And that probably was the, I guess, the, what helped you set up, um, you know, the, the ability to, to, to get some scoring opportunities. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, we knew uh, Sydney was like, they liked the handball, but yeah, we obviously got out there. And as soon as we got out there for our warm up started, um, started raining and, we were pretty lucky. We got some really good, um, decent kicks in our team as well, like Abby and Hannah and all that. So they're able to get it down to the ground pretty well. So, yeah, we just sort of just got it down the ground and then went to work from there. So You must have been happy as well with the way you uh, dominated possession and, and your defensive side of the game to hold the Sydney team to two points. Um, that's a pretty fair effort. Yeah, yeah, no, we've got a really strong back line and they've um they've had a fair bit of a workout for the first two rounds. Um so yeah, so it was nice to um win the contest and probably they probably felt like they had a little bit of a week off this week the the backliners, but um <laughs> yeah, so it, it was nice to win the win the contest and get the ball down the ground so that, you know and then just lock it in there and just keep it there so one of the things I do notice about the, the AFLW competition is uh, as it goes on is the contested footy. Um, and I keep hearing that from your coach, Lauren Arnell, talking about that's your brand of contested footy. And it seems to suit your game down to a T, Maria. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not um, a particularly tall team. We're, we're not that tall. So um, we've got some real hard nuts in our team. So, um, you know, Ebony O'Day and Jackie Austin and, a few of those ones. So we, we do like to get our hands dirty, I think. And um, this week we did, you know, it's, it is a focus for us every week is winning the contested possession. And, um, yeah, we obviously run away with that this weekend. Um, but, yeah, the weather, the weather probably did suit us a little bit, to be honest. And you must be pretty happy with uh, some of the young players coming through in the team, uh, like Ewings and Dowrick have already got some nominations for Rising Star. Uh, some of those uh, young girls are starting to impress as well. Yeah, yeah, no, they're rippers. Like we knew in pre-season, like um, you know, obviously training with them and stuff, that they were they were going to be they were going to be stars, sort of thing. And it's it's so good to sort of see them, you know, really coming into their own, sort of thing. But you know, also we've got a few girls from the sample as well who, you know, they've just been waiting for their opportunity, and you know, they've got it. I think yesterday we had you know four or five girls who hadn't kicked a goal before in AFLW or hadn't kicked one for Port at least. Um, and yeah, they all they all. Um, they all got to get on the scoreboard yesterday, which I thought was really good. You got a couple of experienced girls that are providing some real good leadership around the place too. But just building that connection, you can see over the last few weeks now, and um, you, you can just see it from a spectator's point of view um, that yeah, that connection is growing and it's getting stronger. So it must give you a lot of confidence. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like I think 
um, that first week. We were obviously very frustrated that we lost that game against the Eagles and, you know, we did we did let it go, I suppose. But um, I think it comes down to just playing more footy together and getting to know each other's strengths a little bit more and girls just becoming, you know, more confident in, you know, their skills and their abilities and, you know, just knowing what each other can do and accomplish and trusting each other around the ground a bit more, which I thought we did. We did a little bit better yesterday, so um, so yeah, it's just the more the more games we can get together, the better, I think. Um, great to get that monkey off the back and get the that first win. I, I think the pressure builds up each week that uh, you don't get that, so to get that is huge. The girls look super excited at the end of the game to be able to get that one. Um, have you girls kind of sat down and talked about what what does a successful year this year look like? Um, where you think you hope to finish at the end of the season? No, not really. Like we, um, we don't really want to put a number on anything, you know. Like, why would you limit yourself? I think so. Yep. Um, we're basically, I think, our key piece from and since the start of the year has been what you sort of already mentioned is that connection piece. Um, and I think, as I said, sort of before, just girls like you know, the longer the season goes on, and you know, as soon as the season finishes, we'll be into into the off season. But you know, that'll be where a lot of the girls you know, including myself, like we can make a lot of gains in that time because we've got, you know, time, I suppose, whereas this this year's pre-season was 10 weeks and girls, you know, sort of rushed together to make up a team and flying in from all different states and this and that. So, um, so yeah, we're obviously, you know, focused on, on this season, but the, the more we can sort of, um, you know, play together and train together and it'll all come together eventually, so... Maria Maloney from Port Adelaide Women's Team is our special guest here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. Next up, it's the Gold Coast. Now, they're 11th on the ladder, two wins, two losses. You've got the one win. Uh, they play them next Sunday. We know you came from Brisbane down to Port Adelaide, so that's going to be a vital a win there, and you're pushing almost for a spot in the top eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got actually, um, I think, about four girls who played who used to play with the Suns. Um, so it's definitely one we want to get out there and, you know, really have a crack at and win. Um, they'll be a really tough team to play. They've, um, I think, they've made some improvements. Um, you know, over this season, so it'll be it'll be a tough game, but it'll be a good challenge for us. So we definitely want to definitely want to get out there. And the big one, Friday the thirtieth of September, the showdown at Adelaide Oval. Now, being a Port Adelaide player, you can't afford to lose to the Crows. That's going to be massive. You must be looking forward to that as well, Maria. Yeah, it is something I have noticed um, since moving to South Australia. Is definitely the uh, Crows and Port rivalry. It's something I hadn't really, uh, hadn't really experienced elsewhere. So um, yeah, it's special. It's definitely special, and um, I think you know the girls will be wanting to go 110 percent that day. Like there's no there's no ifs or buts about it. Like we know you know both teams will be going hard for that. So. Hopefully we can get a lot of support there. And you know, I know they put it, yeah, Friday night at or Friday twilight at um, Adelaide Oval. So hopefully we can get a lot of supporters there, and you know, hopefully we can put on a really good show. And of course, the Crows are at Collingwood today, eleven forty, just after the Bungie and Bretster show. They'll be playing. But Maria, how have you found Adelaide? Because this football journey for you has been quite an odyssey. You're from Country Victoria. You moved to Queensland. You work in the RAF as well as a loadmaster, I believe. Uh, now down in Adelaide, so it's been quite an adventure for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably very fortunate that work's been pretty supportive of um, supportive of my footy. But yeah, I was um, playing state league footy up in Queensland and got picked up by Brisbane. Um, yeah, played a couple of years there and you know just couldn't get a game pretty much. So took up the opportunity to come down 
come down to Adelaide and, you know, so far just really, really enjoying it. My family is Victorian, as you said. So, um, you know, with work, it's, you know, a chance to live a lot closer to them than Brisbane. So um, that doesn't happen very often. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. I actually don't, don't mind the cold, so it uh, suits me well. Uh, well, it's great to have you here in Adelaide. Good luck for the remainder of the season, and let's hope Port Adelaide can continue on their winning way. Thanks for your time this morning. Cheers. Thanks very much, guys. Go Port. Uh, go Port. Maria Maloney <laughs> from Port Adelaide. She's on board with us here on the Bungie and Bretster Show, and we do it thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. We'll be back after this short break. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. And Lauren X Kalini are also great supporters of our show. They're supporting the sample and community football in 2022. Google Lauren X today. And we'll be speaking about the sample grand final coming up. But right now we need to talk about the AFL preliminary finals because it was one good one and one not so good one. And that game yesterday was absolutely spectacular with the Swans holding off Collingwood by a single point bungee. That was just a great game. Oh, it was. And you just knew that uh, Collingwood were going were gonna to come. At some stage, you just knew that they were building, and we've seen it all year that they just you just can't write them off, Brett. There's a and that last quarter, it just it came down to those final moments, and there was an opportunity. Um, I think Young Kruger was running into open goal with about 20 meters out, and and shanked his kick, but which would have put him in front. But it was a it was a classic finals contest, and something we come to expect. Um, from Sydney and, and Collingwood, but um, yeah, it was a. It, I think the contest itself was just a cracker. Everyone was pretty pretty disappointed after Friday night, but to you know to, to have this one on show was uh, was a ripper. It was good. You could uh, sense the tension there. I really loved uh, Buddy. I thought he was fantastic. The key plays that he had some great marks and he kicked his fair share of goals, but also when he was involved in the contest, bringing it to ground and, and letting some of the other guys uh, just rove off that and pick it up and score. I thought he would, for me, it was a standout in that game. I thought Sydney were going to run away with it. Once they got up by three or four goals, they were looking very, very dominant. But with such a small park, it is very easy for a team to make up goals quickly. Yeah. Like one turnover, it's, Two kicks and you're, you're kicking, kicking a goal. Oh, you're right. So, they, they were. They threatened a number of times to blow that contest open. And uh, at one point, they were 36 points up. And you just thought, no, is, is that a, just, a, mm. is that a, just a, a bit too far for, for Collingwood to, to come back? But the Pies, in true Pie fashion, and they just they just kept just like chipping away and chipping away. And they they were able to string a couple of goals together. And um, But, you know, two... To the Swans' credit, when when they were challenged and there were some big moments there where they needed to step up, and they did, and you mentioned Buddy and that mark he took, you know, when they were looking down the line for someone to take a grab, um, you know, for him to be able to step up at, the, at that moment, kick some goals, and the other bloke that you probably, you'd love to have him in your side, but he's a thorn in your side <laughs> as opposition is Papley, Tom Papley. Yeah. So he took a couple of key marks. So, like he kicks some amazing goals. When the goal, when the goals need to be kicked, or there's some moments that he just, you know, Swans needed to step up. Papley was the one that tended to do that, and he kicked a couple of ripping goals. 
Um, he delivered on the big stage and he just got underneath the <laughs> Collingwood's, some of their players got under their guards. He was, re- he was getting into um, Maynard and, and then the defenders, Quaynor, he was giving them a heap of, a heap of stick and he's, uh, yeah, he's one of those players that yeah you'd love to have him, but you'd love to belt him if he's not in your team. How do you think they handled? I reckon Sydney's focus going in would have been on Jordan Ngoi a fair bit. How do you think they handled that matchup? Uh, I thought they did a reasonable job on him. Yeah, look, obviously he's he's had a pretty good final series, and the thing for Collingwood though is they tend to share share that around a bit, and and obviously you know he was. Um, they they put a fair bit of work into him. Um, but then you see, like, Pendlebury steps up. And Pendlebury had 36 and doing Pendlebury stuff. And, um, you know, Jack Crisp was was probably their best player. Um, side bottom was doing, like, some of their older guys at a, a finals hard and actually stood up and, and did some great work. And the bloke that I thought um, that probably willed him a bit and got him back into the contest. Well, a couple that was is uh, Josh Dacos. Some of his moments that he had um, were just you know be able to get Collingwood off the canvas at times and get him back into the contest. His kicks are just so crisp and that as well. I thought there was a real missed opportunity in this game. I thought that um, they could have probably slid row bottom onto side bottom at some point in that game. Would have been a dream as a commentator. Uh, but <laughs> what, what I feel, and this is one thing, I love the game of AFL football. This is one thing I don't like about it. And that is that there's some players that play all year that in this game get injured and will not be able to perform on the biggest stage next week. And they it's like they virtually haven't even played all year. They don't get recognized at all. And oh, you look at Sam Reed. You look at Sam Reed for yep. Sydney. You look at the young fella for uh, Geelong who's done his hammy that they still think's a chance, which there's no chance. Yep. I wouldn't have thought. Um, I feel really sorry for those guys, especially like for Geelong, who the game was over by half time and then he's gone and accidentally or unfortunately done his hammy and now next week he's probably going to miss out. So that's the one thing I just don't like about footy is that now. Um, well, it's interesting that uh, you, you say that. And, and on the commentary on Friday night, uh, uh, Richo alluded to it. Matthew Richardson alluded to it when he was saying that oh, there's a, been a lot of talk about the, the pre-finals buy. But he was saying, how about, and because of that reason, we pushed the the that finals buy to after the, the prelim. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, if blokes need a bit of extra time to get up, if there's a concussion protocol that comes into play or, you know, where they've got to sit out for, I think it's 10 to 14 days. And there's obviously this where, um, you know, uh, Reed or, or young Max Holmes can, can get up. But for me, I think it, it's, it's part of our game provides opportunity for others. Yep. Yeah, and, it, I, and has has I done it. We've seen it in the past. We've it provides opportunity for others, but those guys should still get recognised. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and they I totally don't. Agree. And I that's a a thing that's gone back hundreds of years, whatever, when it started. And it's just one thing that the AFL's never really updated and come up to speed on well, time. Yeah, I tend to agree because it's not one of the things that um, you know you go you you do a body of work as a group. Mm. Yeah, and and the forty two or the however many blokes are on your list. They contribute week in and week out, as you do in in basketball when you've got these guys that come in and 
Um, you know, they, they, they help with your scrimmage. They help with your defense. They go back and they're, they're trying to apply their trade as well and get opportunities. But sometimes they just, they're not either not good enough or there, but they're, they're an integral part of your side and should mm. be recognized. And like in the NBA where they give players rings, mm. those rings go to the front office staff, yeah, to everyone. Every man, their dog gets a exactly. ring Exactly. So I think the AFL should borrow from that. And when they present the medallions post game to the grand final, the premiership winning team, have a medallion that goes to a player and on the back of it, it says player. Have the exact same medallion mm. and give them to every player on the list. Yeah. And then if they want to have that and they deserve that, I would have that, but just don't have player written on the back. Or So they weren't there on the day, yeah. but they are as important to that group as anyone else deserving of a medallion. Oh, I agree. I tend to agree. And, and for, for me, you know, going back a number of years now and thinking about uh, and looking at it, I remember after the 97 grand final playing in that and some of my teammates heartbroken, absolutely heartbroken, missing out. And, you know, there was, there was, um, Trent Orman Allen got glandular fever the week before was one of our, um, absolute stars. Well, Modra gets dropped. T- Tony Modra. Jeez. No, Mods does his knee in 97, right? Yeah. So he, he's done his knee in the, in the game, um, before, and he's devastated on the soil. I, 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 after I left the Oval, I, gave, I actually t- gave him my medal. Gave him my premiership medal. I said, you deserve this more than anybody, mate. And, you know, he was great. He's always been grateful for that. Um, And he he gave it back. I took it back off him, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) By the way, I'm going to need that. (laughs) But it was because of that reason, Brett. So, like, the the sadness that you see in your team, they're they're obviously excited for you. They're over the moon that we get to be – they get to be a part of it. But there's something that's not quite right. Mm. And it's not quite right in our game. And we need to fix it because – those guys do need to get recognised, and it's important that we we do that. What do you think uh, for next week's game? I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. Geelong, who have led all year and been the best side all year, and what an organisation! They just don't go off the boil. They're always around the mark. They're like Perth Wildcats of basketball, but they, uh, I think, look unbeatable at the moment. The way they're playing, Sydney have also looked very good over the last six weeks coming in and are playing some great footy. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, on the game? Well, I think you have to look at the – you look at Geelong. They've won 15 games straight now. And their game on Friday night, I don't think I've seen a, a team like that in a, in a prelim final for a long time. The way they actually – it was across they the board. They apart. They absolutely were ruthless mm. in the way that they, they just um, – they took the they put the lions to the slaughter and Paddy Dangerfield set the tone early. Going back with that fly, that that center clearance, or sorry, the clearance went out and I think it was Max Holmes actually kicked in the ball. Going back with that fly, the ball goes back, goes bang, then wins the next center clearance. Twenty eight disposals, two goals from someone. He's been priming himself for this. He's obviously had some interruption for the year. But all their big players started to play. Joel Selwood was went to work on Lockie Neal. So all their, um, obviously, the big follow-up forward, Hawkins kicked four goals. Stengel kicked a couple, which was great to see as well. But they're going to be very hard. Their defensive, their defensive uh, mechanism was just amazing. The way that they defended, um, they, did, they turned the ball over, intercepted, they pressed, they stopped the run of, of uh, Brisbane that... Um, you know, was a highlight of their first two finals um, and, and the way they they were able to get over Melbourne. 
But as that one percenters again, Bretster, they just came to the fore for and Geelong just go above and beyond. They've got this unbelievable care for each other. But you know, on the flip side, so does Sydney. Yep. And they're coming. Yep. And what we saw yesterday, that was always going to be one of those games. It was going to be a game for the ages. And we knew that Collingwood, and we've seen it all year and what they've been able to do. But Sydney, have, they've flown under the radar. Finally, they're going to get that recognition this week as to how good a side they are. But they are incredible footy team. You mentioned Geelong 15 in a row. Well, they're 20-4 and four on the season. So they've only lost four games. Three of those were by less than two goals. Their biggest loss this year, 30 points to Sydney earlier mm. in the season. So don't write off the Swannies just yet. They're a huge chance. Look, we'll take a short break for the 11 o'clock news and we'll continue our AFL chat right after this. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Thanks for sharing your Sunday with us. We are into the final furlong of the Bungie and Bretster Show with Andrew McLeod and Brett Maher. We're talking AFL finals. So much to look forward to, including the Brownlow medal, which you can listen to here on SEN later tonight as well. You can also listen to the Sample Grand Final here on SENSA 1629, and we'll discuss the Sample Final in just a moment. But uh, just staying with the AFL for the moment, we should relive some of the best moments from that fantastic Swans-Collingwood game from yesterday. Dugowie to Lipinski. Dugowie is in your moment. Balls, he battles his way through. Held without the footy nose, said the umpire. Deep into attack. Here it is, Bianco. Here Shut it up. is. Papley's a fire starter, but he's got the kick for a few wrong reasons here. And what a telling impact that has. He kicks the goal, and he may have put his side into a grand final. To Pendlebury, hands it to Josh Dacos, looks around. Runs Collingwood up. about to go inside 50. No one comes at him. Can he hit Oscar Elliott? He couldn't mark it. He gathers the crumb. 40 out. Spins it around. Oh, it's a goal. <laughs> Collingwood alive. <laughs> Tom McCartan feeds a handball back last on at defence. Side bottom. Can he kick a goal? Can he get he a goal? <laughs> of course he can. <laughs> 30 out from Collingwood's goal. Players swarming, ball thrown up, don't make a mistake, there to be one. Ginnivan had a look at it, crisp, around the body, bouncing footy, top of the square, Lipinski, can he run onto it? Good tackle, play on the call, it's on the goal square, it's right on the line, it's rushed through for a behind. He only needs to launch this sky high and the one second on the clock will elapse and the Swans will be into the grand final. Wow. Uh, unbelievable theatre. Brilliantly described there by the one and only Dwayne Russell and Andy Marr on SEN's uh, live coverage of the game. We are the Bungie and Bretster Show. We do it thanks to the Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit Wavell and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. One thing I didn't like about that game, the clock spoiling it for me again. The countdown clock is a blight on the AFL. <laughs> Why do we need to know how long there is to go? It said one second. They're kicking out from fullback. I know the result. Now, if the clock says 28 or 30 minutes, point fifteen, I don't know whether Colin would have got enough time to go coast to coast. The countdown clock is a farce. I've got a, <laughs> I've got a simple solution for you. Can you just get a piece of paper and sticky tape it to the TV and over the clock? I do that. <laughs> I do that. I do that, Bungie. Don't worry about that. But then I have common 
commentators because they are reading it, feeling the need to tell me that the you know the game's over. I just mute them as well and do your own commentary because you have the, you're the <laughs> best voices to do it. <laughs> For me, I am going to give you my tips, and I'd love to get your guys' tips. I uh, think uh, Geelong are going to win. I thought what they did to Lockie Neal and McCluggage. Uh, I thought they did a great job of locking down their key performers, and I think they'll do the same to Sydney. Uh, and I'm going to go with – I'm not going to go out in a limb here. I'm going to go Danger. The, how good he was in that game. I think he'll back it up next week, and I'm going to go Danger for how, the Norm how, What Smith. are they winning by? Have you got a margin? Uh, I think they're going to win by six goals. Six goals? Yeah, I think they're going to do it pretty easy. They're, they're just so dominant at the moment. I can't see him going backwards. Well, there's, just, there's there's a chance to be knocked off, I reckon. Because I said, Sydney are coming, and I just got a feeling that, um, yeah, their defensive their defensive pressure is going – both sides are very good defensively and find a way to, to, to kick goals. But, um, yeah, I'm going to – I think I'm going to tip the Swans this week. I wow. Like, I like the Swans. I'm just a bit of the underdog. Like I said, they've been flying under the radar. They're going to come with that, that, that sort of siege mentality. We're going to Melbourne. We're going to take their cup, and we're going to take it home. And uh, I reckon it'll be under. I reckon it'll be under two goals. I reckon it'll be Close probably one. eight, nine points. Who's going to step up and win the norm? Oh, I think I don't know. I mean, look, I don't. Even, it's it's going to be some blokes that are going to put themselves on on the line there. And yeah, look, um, as you mentioned, Dangerfield setting himself for a massive finals uh, campaign, and obviously, you know, maybe Buddy. Buddy might go out on a limb and kick six. Wow. And, and get it himself. I, I love know. watching Heaney for Sydney. I think Isaac he's, Heaney's one of my favourite players. He's really good to watch. And I think if Sydney win, I reckon he'll be a very good chance. And if your team's not in the grand final, I'll tell you a great way to enjoy it is go with the Norm Smith medal. Pick a player from both teams mm. and have $5 gamble responsibly. And then you can barrack for that player mm. and to get the most of disposals and get involved. And I've done it the last few years on the suggestion of a friend of mine, and I've really enjoyed it because you're barracking for a player. You can barrack for a player on each team, and it's really a lot of fun to do I, that. I know some people that do that, but they do it with alcohol. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it ends a bit messy. And I bet it does. Especially <laughs> they get 40 possessions. What about the Brownlow? The Brownlow is going to be here on SENSA 1629 from 5.30. In fact, 6 o'clock this evening. Uh, plenty of build-up for that. Who's going to win the Brownlow, Bungie? Well, there's a. I think there's a bit of a. Uh, there's a there's a market that's looking at. There's a probably five or six blokes that I reckon can win the Brownlow at the moment. The, a lot of talk around Lockie Neal. Um, he's obviously had a fantastic year, he, and he has. He's a he's a he's a great player, proven vote getter. So um, he's going to be right up there. Patrick Cripps is the other one that's going to um, get some votes from from Carlton. Andrew Brayshaw, obviously the MVP. Uh, players MVP from the AFLPA. So he's going to be around the mark and they're talking about him. Took Miller from um, the Gold Coast, had a sensational year. And the other two blokes that are probably going to be right around the money are uh, Clayton Oliver and uh, Christian Petrarca from Melbourne. Mm. They're probably, I would say for me, that's the top six um, of vote getters that that I believe. And outside of that, I was looking at some of the others, Bretzler and obviously uh, from Collingwood, the Dacos brothers, Jordan Degoey, Jack Crisp is going to get some votes. Jeremy Cameron, it's probably a roughie. We spoke about him last week. Josh Dunkley from the Bulldogs. He's probably going to get the most votes for, for the Bulldogs. Wouldn't it be surprising if he was right up there, given the fact that he's actually walking out the door and heading to Port Adelaide. Um, and then you've got Max Gorn, Angus Brayshaw from, from Melbourne as well. Might get a few votes. Shay Bolton from Richmond. Callum Mills from Sydney. Pro- and Isaac Keeney, the, your man, Brett, though, would probably be... A couple of the the guys that are going to feature in the in in the votes, and then the other ones for mine, I just looked at as 
who's going to get the votes from Port and Crows? Mm. So well, led obviously for the Crows. He'll poll well being on bowler, and I would have thought Rosie uh, is uh, is going to get a fair few, and probably Ollie Wines um, polls well always uh, yeah. and gets a lot of the ball. Um, I like players that are flashy standout because that's what catches the umpire's eye. Guys like Bolton uh, that have come on this year and, and played really well, but also guys that play for teams when not many other guys in the team are going to steal votes from them. And that's probably where you look at the Melbourne team, Petrarca and Oliver and Gorn are all stealing votes off each other. Neil's probably only got McCluggage taken a few votes away from him, and that's why I think he's probably going in red-hot favourite. So it, it's really hard to tip against Neil for my mind. But, yeah, I... You love a favourite. I don't know. Uh, you, it's hard to go with teams that also that haven't won many games. So you look at... Uh, I mean, Gold Coast have had uh, a reasonable run this year and Miller's done well for them and not many people taking votes off him. So he's probably another... I think he's certainly... In the top Dark 10 horse. as well. But just as we wrap up the AFL, wanted to mention Josh Carr moving back to Port Adelaide. Brett Montgomery and Matty Locken are leaving the club. And Luke Brown retires from the Adelaide Crows. He was third in their best and fairest two years ago. And now he's retiring. So uh, it's uh, sad to see him go a great servant of the club. And yeah. certainly great uh, great to have Josh Carr back at Port Adelaide. Oh, certainly is. And I think you know he's going to add some... Uh, obviously... He's, he uh, had some success here at North Adelaide, won the premiership as a coach there, went over to, to Frio where he played and um, has been able to transform their midfield over there. He's coming back with that same, um, that, uh, that same intention of, of developing the midfield over here is where he's going to um, go based on reports that, that I've seen is that he's going he's gonna, to um, take Port's midfield to, the next, to the next, uh, that next step, hopefully for them. And... The other one, yeah, with Luke Brown is, um, yeah, it's it's a bit sad. He, he fell out of favour this year, and uh, they, they started to go for a bit of youth. But he's been a great servant of the football club. I think he's played 189 games. That's it. Um, and just an absolute, uh, he's one of those just one of those guys that always got the tough jobs. Brettster, he's a bloke that, a um, uh, bit like Rupert Sapwell for you guys, he used to do all the defending for you. Um, Luke mm. Brown was the bloke that got all the all the tough gigs on the small forwards. Time to take a break here on the Bungie and Brettster Show. We're going to be talking Sample Grand Final right after this. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Brettster Show. It's 18 minutes past 11 here on SENSA. 16.29, the Bungie and Brettster Show. We have great support from Mayhem Collectibles. Get ready for Mayhem with Mayhem Collectibles, the Parade Norwood. One of Australia's fastest-growing trading cards and collectibles specialists, mayhemcollectibles.com.au is where you can get in touch with them. And being at the Parade at Norwood, they're right opposite the uh, Coopers Stadium there, the home of the Redlegs, and the Redlegs today against North Adelaide in what should be a spectacular conclusion to the sample season really looking forward to the game on Channel 7 and here on 1629 SA with the great Paul Bonzer, Mark Ross, and I think Gibbsy's coming in for a special cameo with special comments, does a great job. But this is a great game we can look forward to, Bungie. Looking forward to their pre-game show starting at 1 o'clock on SEN with, uh, with Bryce Gibbs as their special guest. But Bonds and Rossi, um, they've done a fantastic job all year and uh, looking forward to that call this afternoon. But... It is uh, it is that that week in footy at SA, in the uh, in South Australia in the SNFL where everyone gets excited and then as you mentioned in the in the lead in their case two of the great rivals of um, and probably the big 
the, the, the two teams that draw probably the biggest crowds. North obviously got a very, very good following. Um, they've had some recent success, but Norwood as well. They've got a great um, supporter base and they'll be bringing it today. There's going to be, I would say, upwards of 30,000 down there, Brettster. And it's gonna it's gonna be a fantastic day. the 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 weather seems to have, uh, the the rain seems to have passed over. The sun's shining. Um, there's everyone's walking past with their city to bay medals. Go, <laughs> heading towards the footy. Uh, looks like they're going to be a part of the day down there too. But it's going to be a th- cracking contest. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, you've got Young and Roker head to head in the middle. Uh, that contest is going to be excellent and probably could decide the game. And if not, the other two in the middle, Harvey and Boyd uh, in the ruck, two of the best rucks uh, in the competition are going head to head. So they're the key matchups as far as I'm concerned. Whoever wins those uh, will certainly help. Last time these two teams met, Norwood beat North back in round 14. Um, Smacked them. Smacked them uh, by, yeah. 110 to 74. A reasonable margin. So... I just don't know. I, I was going to tip North coming into this, but... Uh, that was a Cooper uh, Stadium. I wouldn't read too much into, into that form, Brett. So, the, the, the obviously, finals form has been very, very good form. Um, so, I wouldn't be going back to round 14. But like you said, there's some absolutely... Um, some, some of those contests that you mentioned, like Rokar on Young... Um, and the other one is, is Nunn versus Coombe's going to be interesting Fantastic, as well. And I, I was going to ask you this case is, is, um, obviously both teams have, have been able to score quite heavily and they've probably, um, everyone's talked about their ability to score and their scoring, uh, prowess, but defensively both sides have been very, very good all year. They have been. Uh, Norwood, statistically, the best defensive team. North Adelaide, not far behind them, though. They get a lot of credit for their offence and the way they score goals. But both teams are very good defensively, and it will be a good battle of the defences. One thing that stood out to me as I was researching my notes for the game was the fact that Norwood have four players who have kicked goals in the three finals they played so far, including Bain and Lowe last week who kicked four and was a game-breaker to put Norwood in front. Not forgetting that they didn't hit the lead until the 15-minute mark of the last quarter in the prelim against the Adelaide Crows, so credit to the Crows and the way they fought that out. But I think Norwood have just got a couple of X-factors there that makes them... uh, Gives them plenty of optimism that they can win, but you can make a very good argument for North Adelaide being the Geelong of the sample season. Best team all year. Finish minor premiers, and, gee, they're going to be hard to beat. There's also, we talked about guys missing out on grand finals. There's also some really good stories that come into grand finals as well. Like Alex Spina, uh, who missed the final four years ago uh, when they won, uh, to be able to now come back and lead the team uh, in this grand final against Norwood, who they've had a pretty good rivalry with dating back a long, long time now. So seeing stories like that come to the floor and you really hope that he can step up and have a, a good game and get the win as well. Yeah, I think yeah, there's a lot. Matty Panos didn't look like he was going to play footy. He come back like he, he missed. He missed like almost two, two years, years of yep. football to come yep. back and to, you know. So there's some great stories there to be told. Is the one, and uh, I guess we'll, we we won't know, but he he was named um, case in the team as a as uh, one of the extended interchanges, and we'll see if he lines up in the reserves game versus Sturt, because North obviously are taking on Sturt in, in the reserves final there, which will be a, an, an awesome contest as well. But young Blaine O'Loughlin um, sort of been named for as, as the extended bench for and, and nephew of uh, 
uh, Mickey O. Mickey O. And uh, it'd be interesting to see if uh, they, they go down that path. I don't think they will, but... Couldn't play a first gamer <laughs> in the grand final, the... could you? Well, you never well, know. I want to talk about fairy tales, Brett. Yeah, exactly. It's be a game, but, oh, I don't think that'll happen. But, yeah, it's going to be... Oh, I just... I'm, I'm a bit sort of sitting on the fence when it comes to this game. Yeah, 50-50. Line ball decision. Should be a great game. Check it out on Channel 7 or SENSA uh, 1629. Now, we're going to run out of time here, but I just quickly wanted to mention the Rugby League scores because two great results in terms of the uh, preliminary finals. Penrith, the number one seed versus South Sydney, who knocked over Cronulla, who were the second team on the ladder, 38-12. And the Cowboys are playing the Eels in the other preliminary final. It's third against fourth the Eels defeating Canberra 40-4 to four wow. in their uh, game as well. So who's going to win that, do you think, Bungie? Oh, I'm tipping that the Panthers will go through. They'll they'll get on their home deck. It's going to be pretty tough to for South to get up. Uh, and, and I think North Queensland up there, playing in Townsville on their home deck, it's going to be really tough for, for Parramatta to go up there. But yeah, oh, the finals for, for mine, like the, the league finals this week, we're a bit like the Brisbane and um, uh, Geelong game on Friday night. They were a little bit, uh, I thought it was going to be a bit bit closer. But, yeah, looking forward to the prelims next week. I hope the Eels win. I really do. I, As a young kid, I went over to Sydney, knew nothing about the game. I bought a Parramatta Eels top. And uh, really, that's my only attachment Rusted to them. Rusted on ever since. But, what, uh, <laughs> number seven? Peter, you got Peter Sterling on the back there, number seven. So I hope they go up there and get a win. We'll Look, see how they go. We have to wrap it up there. Thanks for joining us here on the Bungie and Brettster Show. We do it every Sunday from 9.30. Have a great day here. Sample grand final day. Don't forget, we've got uh, the Brownlow medal to look forward to later on tonight at 6 p.m. And, of course, uh, up next, it's going to be Sunday Trackside with Cam Luke, David Taggart, Miles Fitzner and the team. Thanks for having us here on the Bungie and Brewster Show. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.